Welcome to Drunk on Comics, episode 379. Uh, we have some conversations about some anime, some games, some comics, some movies. We got it all covered in today's Comic episode. books and regular books as well. Yes. Talked a lot about X-Men. We had a good coverage of X-Men. Um, a lot's going on in X-Men right now, so there's a lot to talk about. You know what we didn't talk about? That which shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, we're missing uh, one person today. She's out with uh, something. I don't even know where the hell she's actually Something at. very exciting she and thrilling. She just said, we don't want to hang out with you, so. <laughs> she just, just left. She's right here. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm sitting in her chair, and I want her to know that when she listens to this later, to know that I've automatically you've, you've replaced it over. He looks, he looks really comfy. Uh, this is, this chair is way better than my last uh-huh. chair. I mean, they're the exact same chair, but this position's better. He's definitely captain of the room right now. Better airflow over here. Uh-huh. Yep. The view is wonderful. <laughs> you just pan from the left to the right. Very expensive. Oh, look. Love it, love it. Uh, let's see, what else do we do? Video games? I mean, we talked a lot. Uh, go watch The Boys. I will say that. We didn't talk about that yes. enough. Yep. Go watch but that is... We just don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. Um, it's not but a whole lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's not a whole lot of episodes. But Amazon Prime, if you don't have it, you should have it. Steal it or borrow it. Your someone else's password. Uh, don't hit me up for it because I won't give you my password. Uh, but I uh, highly recommend it. There's a book recommendation that goes along with it that I give today. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Sit back, relax, grab a beer. Or drink of your choice, and tune in to episode Drunk on Comics, episode three hundred seventy-nine, uh, the one without Game of Thrones. It was Fox, like the classic X Men cartoon and Spider Man, all these animated series, Batman animated series, stuff like that. And I remember as a kid just being like, What is happening? Having not kept up with the show on Spider Man, and he meets um, who's the like queen or like magic spider lady, uh, Madam Web. Yes, Madam Web. He meets her. And then I'm like, so is there like some alternate reality stuff going on? I'm like nine. I don't really know what's under what's going on. Then I tune into another episode, and now he's got six, four extra arms bursting out of his costume, and he was like transforming into more spider than man. And I'm just like, this is really weird. Yeah, but for me, it made sense because I read a little bit of comics back then or at least knew some but mm-hmm. yeah it was also my gateway was gateway for most of us the yeah. 90s cartoons which and if you don't recognize the intro to the X-Men it, with <coughs> instantly like within the first two seconds then yeah. you're not allowed to come to any of my nerd events <laughs> like if I play it and you don't instantly perk up then I'm kicking you out well, it's like those uh, memes online <coughs> You know, if you don't know this, you're too young to date or something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I did lose all my friends once. I played it, and I said, none of you are acceptable. Leave my home. Never speak to me again. So there was, uh, I actually recently found out, there was, because we eventually got uh, an X-Men movie, um, but there was one based off of the X-Men animated TV show, because that was a huge hit for Marvel, and getting many people, like I said, into... Mm -hmm the comic book world or into Marvel in general. And so uh, the first was, uh, it was based off that, and it was very weird. Um, it was going to have like, four, do you remember forearm? Probably not. Just a bad guy with forearms. He was going to be in it. Um, <laughs> we're also going to have um, the Mutant, Mutant Registry Act going on. There's going to be Wolverine, who is going to be kind of a mysterious Canadian in disguise. Um, there's going to be scenes of the Brotherhood and, and the members within it. And the five uh, original X-Men uh, trying to interrupt Juggernaut's escape. These are just all excerpts from the script. Which oh, okay. seems so much more wild than what we end up getting, which... Eh, I still like the first movie we got, but at the same point... You're talking about live-action X-Men? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I was gonna say they got better, but I, I mean, but the first class made it okay, and then went downhill again. They have their ups and and lulls. Yeah, I actually saw a. Uh, it was an AT and T commercial, but it was uh, the actor who plays Bran um, talking to Conan O'Brien, and they were making jabs back and forth about Conan had called San Diego Comic Con just okay, and so Bran was like, "You should be calling it better." And oh, yeah. he me- he mentions <laughs> he's like, "Would you just accept a lackluster?" Uh, X-Men movie, and he's like, I think we got it. And so the whole crowd goes wild, and it's just like, ah. Funny, because it's true. (laughs) Oh, um, alright, let's uh, start off the show with um, some reviews, and then I'm gonna get all nerdy with an X-Men after reading House of X, which, oh, probably second best book that came out this week. And I have a couple other small, quick reviews. But what's the best? Will we be talking about that as well? I'm going to mention it. We'll talk about it more later for reasons that I will disclose at the time of It's just like a murder reviewing. mystery. <laughs> yeah. Want to be a little mysterious here yeah. on the podcast. Stay tuned. Dun, dun, dun. You can you could skip forward because of technology. <laughs> but but then they wouldn't know what time point. The, exactly. If I could somehow call it now. At exactly 16 minutes and... 48 seconds. Yeah, I was going to say 12, but I guess I'll stall a little bit in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some silence. <laughs> Charles, what do you got to review this week? Oh, are we doing this now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marvel Action Spider-Man number two. It's the story of Miles Morales, right? And he's got his powers, and he actually, this in this scenario, he knows Spider-Man. Like, he knows him as Spider-Man, but he doesn't know he's Peter Parker. Okay. And in this episode, Peter Parker is sort of like part of the dialogue. So it's like uh, the narration, though. He has his own parts of the narration. Um, so Peter same, Parker's like... Same our Peter Parker that we know? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's basically the same age as the, both Gwen Stacy. Well, what's, what's her name? Stacy uh, or Spider-Gwen? Spider-Gwen, Spider-Gwen. Yeah. Spider-Gwen. Yeah. Spider-Gwen, yeah, yeah. Now, she's... She, they're all the same age. And they're all like in college or something like that, right? Okay. And they're just super, super young. They look young. You know, everybody else is taller than them, so it's very... it's. Uh, like caricatures of people, basically okay. just shorter than normal, and uh, Peter's like torn between like well, he's trying to figure out how he's going to tell more Miles Morales he's Spider Man, so they can be like hmm, closer as friends because they're already friends, both mm-hmm. Peter Parker and Miles Morales, and so they're friends in their normal lives yep, and, and they're friends as superheroes, yep. but they don't know that split. Okay, and um, I'm pretty sure that uh, I, I think that I think that Miles knew the whole time, but didn't say anything because when Peter tells him. He's like, did you practice that? <laughs> like in the mirror, because your voice got deeper just then. <laughs> um, it's like proposing his love, and he's been practicing this speech. Right? The whole thing sort of seems episodic because there's, you know, there's a whole scenario going on in the background where they go and, and check out, you know, check out a warehouse together, and Miles Morales is learning from Spider-Man. But near the end, uh, it seems it seems to like you know try to bring you in for the next thing, but it really it really seemed. Um, I don't know what you call it, uh, like a practice of. It was a good, you know, it wasn't terrible or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just a good, like, practice of uh, something you you know already happened or something like that. Just like, here's a little day in the life of when this happened between them. You okay. Know? That's I cool. That. Yeah. I think when Gwen Stacy was just in there. Just, just, <laughs> just pops out of one panel. End. Well, it was, re- like, revealed that she was Spider-Gwen at okay. the very, very end. But you don't know that. Okay. Even though I think it's kind of like, it's given away to the reader early. The and characters don't know. The characters don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Maybe in the next one uh Gwen will reveal herself and I do like that when they you have the situation where the reader knows more than the character. Yeah. As long as it doesn't like ruin something, but yeah, if it's like they're like, "Ooh, I'm excited to see how they approach the topic in this Pretty case." Pretty much. But... Yeah, like you know this is going to happen. That's why they what, didn't do a new Spider-Man movie because we all know the fucking story. Yeah, yeah. No, I like the story and stuff, but I've already. I How many more. times do we have to kill Uncle Ben Just on go straight TV? To the sequel already. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the first How one's Uncle times? Ben. Spider-Man Two. There's no Spider-Man One. It just starts at Spider-Man Two, and they do a flashback sequence to the first movie that they never made. Honestly, I don't know what they're gonna do with the new Batman movie because Batman's been told over and over and over again. And you know what? I think that Christopher, Christopher Nolan did it right. Good enough. Yeah, I don't need another one. Shit. Well, that's what I, I do know. They've said they probably won't keep touching on that, but who knows? Who knows? 
I, I just hope that they finally got the hint of we don't need origin stories for some of these books that are. Would you be good with on. like a year one Batman? I mean, it could be well, good. That's could, new. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's they not, can tell the same old tale, uh, story. You know, the same old tale. Yeah, you, you could have it like <laughs> yeah. We don't tale. need to know anywhere from when he gets the Batcave with his gadgets and his cowl, but year one is kind of more him first I, I do doing wanna, the crime I do want to hear some stories about his first failed like mechanics or his first failed uh, gadgets and stuff oh that was something like he got shot through or yeah, like yeah man it's not even that, bulletproof no there <laughs> I was, thought this would work there was a great NBC show <laughs> that I'm pissed they cancelled now it's called Powers which had uh, I forget the um, Alan Tudyk was the one of the main guys who worked at this place that kind of oversaw and developed like gadgets and stuff mm-hmm. for super powered people and what I loved is that they had a somehow a relationship to Wayne Enterprises okay and that's why I bring it up and of course they cancel it because all good shows get canceled it was too good it's, it's the key is not to be <coughs> amazing it's to be pretty good you'll get a second season and then your second season's a lot to be amazing but if you're too amazing in the first season, they're going to cancel you. And excellent, excellent segue into my review, Tony, because talking about TV shows with powers, uh, I have been binging The Boys like mad the last couple days. I have meant to see that. And it is so good. And they, they released a comic, right? Well, the it's based on the comic, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, Garth I'm sorry, they just, they, one of the releases this last week was... Oh, they did release a third omnibus. Yeah, oh, okay. Dark yeah, Horse yeah. did. Uh, which probably where you've you heard that. I didn't ever read the book, but holy shit, this this series on Amazon is amazing. That it does, it makes me almost want to. But at the same point, watching shows sometimes I like not knowing the source material. Yeah, like Umbrella Academy. I was like, this is amazing, and I do want to support reading that book. However, I then don't want to spoil it before the next season comes yeah. out. Because the boys already got renewed before it even debuted. Yep, yep. And so, I mean, I absolutely love the show. Uh, I think I'm about six or seven episodes in already. We have a twist um, that I won't spoil here, but how kind of you? Yeah, <laughs> spoiler <laughs> yeah, free. That's how we always are. Spoiler free. <laughs> um, since '93. <laughs> but when I was thinking about reviewing a book, I was actually reminded by watching the show. It has a lot of parallels to a book called... It's actually a series called uh, The Reckoners by Brandon Sanderson. So this is a book book, not a comic book, um, but it is about superheroes. And so the first one's called Steelheart. This is your classic, uh, which is also the name of a... By Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, what it sounds like. I'm, I'm imagining a Fabio on the front cover with the pirate ship in the background and a woman Steelheart. just touching his chest like... He'll raid your heart after he raids his treasure. No, uh, very good. The I think there's a there's two right now. He's maybe working on the third. The guy works on f- six different series at the same time. But uh, basic concept is in a world, normal human world, uh, this red star shows up in the sky, and at the same time, people start spontaneously having superpowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steelheart is kind of a Superman-esque, you know, bulletproof, basically invincible, minus the kryptonite. He seems to have no kryptonite, uh, no weakness whatsoever. Uh, He has the ability to turn uh, any object into steel, including people, organic or non-organic. He can turn it in kind of a radius around him. Um, Main character protagonist, I think like high school, young adult age. um, (laughs) The only way to play. Yep. He... uh, is in a bank uh, with his dad. His dad's like trying to get a loan, and through a series of events, his father is killed. Actually, turned to steel by Steelheart um, during this whole escapade, and so the the kid ends up getting out and basically devotes the rest of his life to killing superheroes. He uh, something interesting in the series is that you find the U.S. government basically falls apart under the will of these superheroes yeah, and you get right. um if you've ever seen uh try to, oh so like hunger games or something like that where basically the united states is split into districts uh old man logan 
mm-hmm. that kind of style where you have almost like mayors of sections of the country. This is what happens is superheroes take over cities and that becomes their kingdom and they're the king of it. So uh, really cool concept. He ends up meeting, you know, the it's called the Reckoners. There's a group inside of the this universe called the Reckoners that go around killing superheroes and every superhero is evil uh, for whatever reason and they, they go into it in the book but for whatever reason uh, every superhero is basically super selfish only cares about themselves you get kind of this like bourgeois setup where None of them had no Uncle Ben no Uncle Ben's uh, all <laughs> this all of the superheroes end up that's building the only thing unique about this world is that there's no Uncle Ben well there's yeah there, there's all the power no the res- none of the responsibility um <laughs> So yeah, really good book. I highly recommend it. It's not not too long of a read. Uh, there, like I said, there's two of them. There's a, a really cool twist right at the end of the first book that you basically makes you instantly want to pick up the second one, like okay. right away. Well, that sounds good. Um, I would normally stall for about a minute now because we're almost at <laughs> Are we time. Break? But then once we put in the intro, that's gonna fuck up everything. So we just make the intro thirty seconds long. Yeah, perfect. I ain't gonna be able to have time like, for it. Put a glitch in there in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yep. <laughs> well, I also have a cu- other quick uh, couple that I want to just briefly mention beforehand, so my time was uh, off on before. It's all right. They'll forgive us this time. <laughs> yeah, just this time. It's weird that we're talking about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Valkyrie Jane Foster, number one, um, just came out, and... I personally think this is a great step up for Lady Thor. Um, mm-hmm. This Jason Aaron is uh, doing this story once again to see her rise again within the mythos of Marvel. Now, after the War of the Realms, there's a lot of Asgardian artifacts which have kind of had some other superheroes coming about, and one of which was picked up by Jane Foster. So she's now the new Valkyrie within okay. the source. Now, granted, Valkyries had multiple different people and names, and it's that a being title a, more of a than a character because there is actually a character. Yeah. So now it just being the title of yeah. one of the Valkyrie because there are the plural Valkyrie um, who will bring people to Valhalla. And all in all, I thought it was a pretty uh, awesome female centric story because we don't have a ton of those in Marvel. But then on to the next book that I thought was also amazing. Fearless number one, which is an all-female-driven series. Uh, doesn't seem like there's any cohesiveness. This had three different stories uh, within it. But written, art, colors, everything by females. Okay. And that's what I think uh, is really awesome for the diversity uh, that Marvel's trying to show. Obviously, that's a big topic when it comes to trying to reach everyone, have role models, whether they're writers and everything. And to be honest, the comic book scene and most everything in general has always been man-centric. So I'm liking to see some of these characters, and not that they're just shoehorned in, uh, because these are some of the bigger-named people uh, within the the Marvel stories. Um, We had Captain Marvel, Storm, and Invisible Woman, three very powerful people within the Marvel Universe, um, each having their own little uh, story within. I believe they're going to go into more um, females and not just, you know, these three. Okay. <clears throat> but I'm not sure how the whole series is going to shape up. I think, though, it's definitely worth checking out. Are these newcomers as far as, like, the writer, writing, art, all that, all these ladies, are they newcomers to comics? Or have they no, there's, and there's, there were some <laughs> names in there that I recognized. Um, there was one name that I didn't, and then looked her up, and I was like, oh, wrote that. Here's the thing. Sometimes when I'm reading comic books, and we're not the greatest of always, you know, mentioning who wrote it or who did the art and stuff, and a lot of times the writers and the main artists, if they're big names, you know who they are off the mm-hmm. bat. You can tell their style. And um, from the emails they send you, why didn't you mention my name when you do my <laughs> review? I mean, these guys You should ruthless. see Tony's inbox. It's just <laughs> complaint after complaint. <laughs> so, yeah, it uh, there are some not well-established names. And I don't even know what's going to go ahead with some of the other stories as well, mm-hmm. if they're going to switch out um, artists and writers and all that. Um, the book that 
I'm going to make you guys read for next week. I'm not even going to really review it. It's History of the Marvel Universe number one. Now, this is the best book that came out, not only this week, but I feel within the past eons. So of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I say, uh, we're limited to about, uh, what, 80 years of history? So. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, the, the quick version of it, um, you have Franklin Richards at the end of pretty much the universe with Galactus, and he wants to remember everything, so Galactus set up the story for Galactus to kind of explain some of the key things that happened within the Marvel Universe, from Celestials to Skrulls to um, the Eternals, how they became. But it's just a quick, brief, fun... So overview of the whole universe from yes, the perspective which is small of Galactus telling a story. Yep, and small panels uh, depicting some art for it. Very beautifully done. Now, the biggest thing is at the end of the book, they go into more detail. They kind of repeat some of the same things that they just previously mentioned, However, it goes to what comic book that this was first introduced. I'm making this off the top of my head because I'm not going <clears> to <throat> go into the book, but when you find out, you know, the first time the Living Tribunal debuted, it was in this book here, and that's where they got this information from. So this is an encyclopedia worthy, and there's many more to come. It kind of ended on uh, James Hollett being born and who his real dad is and everything, which was a big reveal. Um, couple 10 years ago so when they had the first uh logan books out i love this and it will give any person that's ever been interested in a general take on the gods and the abstracts and pretty mm -hmm. much some of the big deciding factors within the marvel universe a great written story to then understand it this is useful too because when i think about one introduction you know, that's probably the most difficult thing on reading comics is that, hey, I was born in 2010, you know, the young kids coming up. Um, I don't want to have to read, you know, 60 years worth of comics to catch up on what's going on in all these storylines. And you can only stand so much of the Marvel Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's a good idea well, to have something like that. I think this is dangerous. You know, in like 300 years, someone's going to be like dusting off the book and be like, oh, my goodness, it's the new gospel. <laughs> this is what happened before the great, uh, the great explosion. And look, we the have great light. We have such great artistic depictions of yeah. what the universe. I always is thought like. there should be pictures in the Bible. This, so this is this is better. Yeah, well, it's a better Bible. It's a better. There was always uh, one of the things. The reason why I know a lot about the Marvel universe is because they used to have Marvel Universe handbook and pick a topic in Avengers, and it would have the stats of all the Avengers at mm -hmm. the time or uh, Mystic <laughs> Art, so that'd have a lot of. Um, Doctor Strange, Mordo, and, and all those th people within that realm as Guardians. Yep. So reading all these uh, is great. This, though, giving kind of more of a timeline. And what's funny is there's some disputed facts within the, the back of the book where they got some of the information from to make this story, such as there's two big banes within the Marvel Universe. And I'm talking more about this book than... I want you guys to read it because then when you guys are like, Wait, this doesn't make sense, or wow, this makes mm -hmm. sense. I want that more reveal. However, we've always been told Odin created Earth, yep. and that was even a thing in the back saying this is kind of disputed because previous canon for other stories also says it was formed in this way, which created these gods. So it leaves it kind of generally... Well, it's a metaphor, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's poetic license. Uh, I think it's useful, too, for... Um, the, when people who aren't necessarily into comics, especially with how popular uh, in just standard culture superheroes are with the movies, all the Marvel and DC movies and stuff, everybody's into comics in some form now, or superheroes. And so I do get questions from people. I'm like, oh, but what about this? And you get up in this dark hole and you start getting into the celestials and beings. You're like, ah, well, that's eternity. So he's not really like a guy. He's like a representation of a universal concept and then your eyes just glaze over. Sometimes I have so. to stop if I'm having a discussion with somebody, an explanation about things, because I know they're not going to get it and I don't know who, I, I can't give them a fake or simpler way of how yeah. it should work because they're going to get that and that's going to be misconstrued for sure. Just read these 30 comics yeah, on your free time. <laughs> I, you'll definitely you get know, it. You know Wikipedia, right? <laughs> I legit had 
that happened to me when we were at the baseball game the other day, and um, one of my friends was talking about some comics, and I was just going on and on and on, and I got these comics if you want to read them, stuff, and he's just like, maybe I'm going a little too much for him, because he's like, oh, I don't have too much time to read comics, but I've been enjoying this one, so I just picked up, he just picked up the Thor books to find out about um, Jane Foster Thor. Okay. Like, sweet, that's a good series that's to a, read. That's pretty cool, like, he's doing research. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's good timing too. It's, it's yeah. nice that he found out that hey, we've got Lady Thor. Let me explore Lady Thor. What does mm-hmm. that even mean? So um, he's like Natalie Portman. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Is she in the comics, bro? <laughs> uh, but the second best book, if it wasn't for the Marvel Universe, uh, is House of X number one. This I can't explain how well written how new status quo, how refreshing and normal it feels. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the one thing that Jonathan Hickman is great at is his writing. And when you get to the point of having to take such a huge franchise within the X-Men and finally make it a bit cohesive, um, there's been times where it does seem like the books seem to be in the same universe, but then there's other times where X-Force is doing this over here, and the New Mutants are doing this, and you're like, didn't half of them get decimated within this event, <laughs> yeah. so how are they there? Uh, I see him being able to curtail that into a great story. And this opens up with uh, pretty much Charles Xavier's new master plan. Now, he was dead. He died, and it was a big deal. I think it was 2014 that he died. And but then he came back. Yes, like like all <laughs> surprise. <laughs> None of us expected it. Well, actually, there's a lot of people resurrected within this that most people wouldn't know. But some of the cuckoos, um, Zorn, uh, Banshee, uh, a bunch of these people that have died over the years are now back. Proteus and Vulcan, which is great. This is the one time where I'm like, bring all the players back that you want to have, Jonathan. Do what you want with them and make it, you know, the story that you want. Now, this has Charles Xavier's new dream. Um, There's the mutant island of Crokea, which uh, has always just kind of been out there. Well, now it's the new state of being for mutants. And Charles uh, sees him planting these seeds around the world, around the universe, one on Mars here and there. And from these... uh, little plants grew these pretty much embassies as he's saying it because they're now saying that they are their own mutant state Mm -hmm. and these are the embassies and they also have some warp gates so that they can all go to wherever they need to be and while they these representatives came to who they thought were going to talk to charles xavier they end up talking to magneto and magneto kind of telling them exactly this is what you're going to get if you want to do this and these flowers create a couple distinct uh, things um, from the pharmaceutical. Pretty much their economy is based off these flowers that can create a... It's weird when it says that it will extend human life by five years. I'm like, that's a little specific in, mm-hmm. in what it does, but okay. that's Only kinda, five, though. Yeah. Um, also, can kill... like It's pretty much the greatest antibiotic ever. So it will pretty much kill cure any disease, disease. Yeah. Yeah, and so then all people immediately right <laughs> it's <laughs> the greatest cure all disease disappears because all people are dead <laughs> and then it also has um the properties to cure any mental type state so with that they're going to be selling these things obviously for big fortune so they have now income yes coming on infinite in. income and Magneto's kind of explaining, throughout this book, they're explaining some of their new uh, powers that they have um, within their island state, such as the, the warp gates only allow mutants through, or sometimes humans, and that's only if they're with a mutant. So, like, pretty much they're kind of tightening down on security of who can come in and who cannot, and who can travel all over the world. One of the people that was going around with uh, Magneto kind of says, isn't this kind of something, though, that you can easily bring an army wherever you want in the world, negating thousands of years of strategic military planning. I'm like, 
God, I didn't even really think of that because I'm looking at this now as Xavier's dream, mm -hmm. and this is going to be you're viewing the utopia aspect. Oh, it's all about peace and love, mm -hmm. and then surely no one will manipulate this for their own vices. Insert plot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, it goes through um, quite a bit of some of the people. Um, How long is this? How many pages is this? This was like a 40-page oh, wow. comic. And what's great with uh, Hickman's um, writing is he leaves mystery there. There's a spot <clears throat> where um, the island has its own language. And they're talking about the warp gates. How do you? Someone said, how do you know which warp gates go where? Well, we didn't at first, but then, you know, the island magically made some symbol signs up on there. Well, can you read them? And Magneto says, every mutant that steps foot here automatically gets a psychic uplink to read those words. Okay. So it's, it's a mutant language. And they're like, well, why do you need your own language? He goes, because any nation, you know, has their own language and stuff, which I thought it was very interesting in the things that they're setting up, but you don't know what these symbol, symbols mean, but they're plastered all over the place that I know the moment the internet cracks the code, you're going to be rereading these, yeah. seeing <laughs> what does it mean, what does it say? And typically, he's been very great at um, doing that. Mm -hmm. From his uh, run in Avengers and Fantastic Four, there's always these symbols that you try to start to decipher and you find out like it's a countdown and this and that. So... There's none of that of countdown wise. It's just more or less extra. You know, what it's going it? to be a bunch of like marketing, like drink Coke and consume and things like that. You know that aren't nearly as exciting, but people will be so happy to finally have cracked this new language that he's created from. Eat your oval team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, eat more oval team. One of the things though too is uh, the story. Main story is going, and then there's some random pages. That do you remember reading Excellence, Charles? The mystical um, one. The mystical one. Yeah, like magic users and fighting. Yes. And you know yes, how there yes, are yes, certain yes, pages yes. that kind of showed the houses and the hierarchies, just random pages that kind of showed the world. Yeah. That had nothing to do with kind of the comic. Uh huh. <clears throat> That's what Hickman does within this. So there's a page that was kind of going off of who some of these key players are. Um, who, on the human side, because you have all these acronym-type uh, groups, AIM, HYDRA, STRIKE, HAMMER, and how they've uh, formed an alliance. And then it even showed the percentage of people that are part of this new um, Orcus uh, world. It seems like a giant, um, what would be, like a life-saving arc um, within space for humanity, just in case something goes south with this whole mutant thing. Um, I thought that was interesting. They got into uh, some of the Omega-level um, mutants and an official list of them within the book, too, in one of the pages. And I love that it, it goes in. It says some of the main people that you know. And it explains exactly what Omega-level mutants means. It There are people that usually there's only one power, like... Jean Grey has telepathy and telekinesis, but she's omega level in telepathy. And what that means is that really there's no one that can surpass them. Um, the example that it gave in there was Magneto and Forge. Forge uh, can pretty much create any sort of tech. However, humans can also do that and sometimes can surpass them. So even though he's got this gift to make technology, it's not a mega level where... Magneto, there's no one that can surpass him in magnetism. Same with uh, Iceman. So it goes on down the the gamut of who's who and what their power levels are. Not their levels are, but what they master within the realm of mutanity. Seems like there's a lot of work in this. One, to kind of establish the concept of what would it take to make a country you know, from the ground up in the modern day, what would it look like if you were to just get a bunch of people and be like, oh, screw America, we're going to go make uh, this country over here on this random island that no one owns, and we're going to establish from piece by piece and trying to get the rest of the countries in the world to acknowledge you. 
which is cool because you don't see that a lot um, in comics. Just kind of assumed, oh yeah, all those like tedious details. Just don't worry about them. You know, how are they getting around? The only, you know, what does transportation look like? What's trade? How are they even making money? They're spending potentially billions of dollars a year on this country. How's it even working? But we obviously know they have gates and they have the crop. So yeah, yeah. introducing this, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I was I was curious. You're, I'm like, there's a lot of content, but a 40 page. But not just that, just the research that he's doing to create this new status quo. Do we know how long it's supposed to be, this run? So these, (coughs) what's going on is there's six different books. There's House of X, or not six different, there's six issues of each of these books. So there's 12 of them total going every other week. There's House of X and then Powers of Ten. So 12 weeks out. And come October, what we're going to get is uh, a bunch of new comic books. Um, in the X-Men realm. Mm-hmm. There's going to be X-Men number one. There's going to be Excalibur. There's going to be the Marauders. There's going to be a New Mutants. There's going to be Fallen Angels. And then there's going to be X-Force. Now, that doesn't mean that Marvel won't make another comic book within, but that's what they have planned coming out in October at the end of this run, setting up this. So this is kind of a reboot, restart, but they're setting up their universe first with... House of X and Powers of Ten. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I do want to quick go back and quick name off the who they now say are the Omega Levels. Um, there's Monarch, who is the um, brother of uh, Betsy, who's Psylocke, mm-hmm. and Brian Braddock, Captain uh, Britain. Uh, he has quantum reality manipulation. There's, of course, Iceman, who's negative temperature manipulation. There's Elixir, who pretty much he has is, a drinking problem. <laughs> his body can pretty much uh, heal anything, resurrect people from the dead, but also can ki- later on learns that he can also kill them, so he can do a wield there. Um, mm. Obviously, Jean he Grey can overheal them until they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. There's Legion, who has power manifestation, like mm. he's the top of that. Obviously, I already said Magneto. <coughs> oh man. There's Proteus, who um, has a psionic manipulation. There's Mr. M, who has matter manipulation. There's Storm, weather manipulation. There's Exodus, who also has telekinesis. Kid Omega, who also has telepathy. Now, this is the one that kind of, for me, I thought was a bit weird, because he is an Omega level. Jean Grey is a Omega level. Both until, yeah, because yeah. they kind of just had stated it's the person, you know, mm-hmm. can't be beat by any others. But I guess for the way they use it, um, a little bit different. Um, one of the things that most people, um, Franklin Richards has adopted the new uh, superhero named Powerhouse. And he obviously has universal reality manipulation being one of the most. It's hard to also pit these ones against each other because... They also they have their different powers, but I truly want to think, out of anything, Franklin Richards is the most powerful mm-hmm. of them all, just within what he can do. But then again, you could have a psionic shock, and then he's down for the. Well, count. he's one of those characters where, you know, he's he's basically god level because he can literally manipulate reality without a rule for the most part. Yeah, but his limit is the fact and his ability to manifest his power. You know, often he's young and he hasn't used it very much, and he accidentally sometimes deletes, it just goes off. He actually deletes <laughs> characters from the universe, and everyone forgets about them. You know, just concepts like that, where that's how you you know, if you have a god, it always makes me think of uh, the Aladdin animated TV series, which takes place after the first movie. So genie is free, yeah. so he's an omnipotent being, able to basically do whatever with magic. In a show, it's like, how does Aladdin have any danger in his adventures if he has a literal god? And why is he still in his street rat clothes all the yeah, time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they're just comfortable. They're they're let him move around easily. <laughs> but they introduce multiple characters who are also genie level magics who tend to just be like, oh, I just like screwing around with things and fooling with the humans, and so they paralyze genie's powers for that. So that's what you have to do if you're like, we introduced a god level character, and you're like, that was a stupid idea. You're it's, now going to work entirely on explaining why they haven't just fixed everything. And exactly kind of what they've just done with Franklin recently in Fantastic Four is after the Secret Wars when the Fantastic Four finally came back and they showed 
him making whole new universes mm-hmm. to make the multiverse back again, he kind of got burnt out. And so his powers right now within Fantastic Four comic books is he can only use them limitedly because once they're all out, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we also know that that's a lie because that will <laughs> obviously be fixed at some point. But I like that they've kind of nerfed him a bit for right now. I think there was, uh, I forget which story is, but uh, Superman 2, when he gets the most recent power of just blowing up, basically, uh, expelling all of his energy, mm-hmm. his solar energy at once, mm-hmm. and he's human for a period of time. That's the same kind of concept where, like, we really need to nerf this character for at least something, and let's just make him burn out, you know? Uh, the last two on this list is Vulcan, who is uh, the brother of Cyclops and Havoc and then he has energy manipulation and then there's Hope Summers who has power manipulations um I like that there's a definitive list now of who these are is in the pages it no pretty much, pretty much gave just what I said but what I also liked within the actual story was when Cyclops comes to there was some sort of uh Mystique and Toad and um, Sabretooth were trying to steal something, and they're going to go through a gate. Toad and Mystique got through, but um, Invisible Woman stopped uh, Sabretooth from going through, and Fantastic Four were there to kind of stop them. And then Cyclops comes out, says hi to Reed and everything, because, you know, they're both good guys, so they're Mm -hmm. talking, and he's like, we're going to take him now. Um, Amnesty and everything, and they're like, you can't tell me him pretty much murdering some people the guards you know no there ain't no amnesty and then kind of cyclops goes all right fine we'll deal with this later i got more important things to do you can take them for now mm-hmm. so kind of given a a veiled threat of you don't have power here but he what i loved was he goes um and talk to your boy you know he always has a place here with with family kind of saying you know the the mutant connection there because mutants can pop up anywhere as well as they are explaining, besides their commodities that they have, one of the things that they are trying to do is to hone the powers of all these Omega-level mutants. I've never truly seen that go in a story arc that's just like, oh, this person's super powerful and for these reasons. But not mutant kind actually being like, we want to have these people all in our An nation. organized, concerted effort to enhance their nuclear deterrent. Yep, and I now understand why the humans are creating this arc and are a little wary of what's going on. Well, it so, takes one, with any of these people, it takes one accident, you know. Iceman turns everything into a frozen wasteland, or Magneto destabilizes the magnetosphere of the Earth, and then so it's solar radiation. Yeah, there's, I mean, like, each one of them can destroy the Earth for the most part in some way. On an accident. Like, oh! I accidentally took this drug and I was super powerful and I couldn't control it. I had a it. nightmare. Yeah. Right? You know how, like, you have ever um, woken up and then done something to grab something, like, violently? Like, there was this one time, uh, not too long ago, like, uh, 2008, I woke up and I thought it was, in a, like, a struggle with a person trying to kill me. And it turns out I had this, like, girl's head in my hands and I was about to kill her. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you woke up and you had that in real life? Yeah. Well, she wasn't trying to kill me. She was just, like, lying next to me. And I ended up, like, wrestling and grabbing her head. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Man, uh, so I was going to cuddle with Charles afterwards. I accidentally destroyed not. the world. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this, again, also an amazing story. Really seeing some of the people being back from the dead, interacting, and what they're doing now is it's just amazing. Oh, going on to some news. Do you guys got any news that you saw? Because I have a couple things. Uh, we talked about a little bit, but it's not necessarily comics, but Carnival Row. Uh, it's within the... Uh, Nerddom. Nerddom, yep. Um, should be pretty interesting. Comes out next month. I've been seeing so many ads. But not till the end of next month. But it already has been renewed for a second season, even though it hasn't even released yet. So. That's what gets me excited about some of these new shows that I'm happy about because this looks amazing i hate when things fall short though and then you you don't have that next season uh look at swamp thing for example amazing show uh but it's not getting picked up so why even 
care to watch it. Yeah, exactly. If it's not going to have a full, you know, story arc inclusion to what you know a giant uh, tapestry it could be, that looks like an amazing show. It's only eight episodes this first season, so it's a short season, but each episode's an hour long. So that's what I feel. There's so. more and more. Uh, shows now. Netflix used to have the 13. That was their magic number for all their series. Yep. Then that kind of got down to a little bit, and now it seems like 8 is a general streaming service type number. Personally, I like it. Well, not necessarily as a rule, but a really good example, uh, Sherlock Holmes, the BBC series. Those were two episode or three episode seasons. But each yeah. episode was an hour and a half. It's a movie, you know, feature-length movie, basically. I like it because you can do a whole story and wrap it up in an hour and a half. I mean, that's a movie. You can have an entire introduce characters, build the characters, build the world you're around, and then do it. And then each subsequent episode can just build on that. Ugh, so, can you imagine commercials during that? Oh, That would be the worst. Thank God. That would turn it into like a two and a half hour movie. Oh, yeah. Commercials alone. I mean, they'd have to split. They probably would split it into three parts, you know, something like that. It's almost like every, I think, uh, half hour of television show is almost 10 minutes of eight, 10 minutes of commercials. Well, if you look, if you look on uh, Netflix, when you get your TV shows, you're like, hey, this 30 episode or 30 minute show is 24 minutes or this one hour show is 48 minutes what happened to the other 12 minutes mm-hmm. it's like commercials um you still playing fallout 76 heck no man i dropped out of that so long ago that game was such trash well <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I, I do knew that you had this uh yeah. thought are you looking at the new release for the new raises coming out there's supposed to be some new vaults that you can uh, uncover. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> it's it's funny because I'll look at news for Fallout 76, and I'll be like, oh, are they going to do... And then I just realize that Bethesda... So here's the problem. They're using an, the same engine that they've used for the last decade, basically. So they haven't updated. Even techn- technology has greatly improved. They're using their own archaic engine. And I enjoyed playing it a little bit, but there's just no substance there are things to do but you never feel happy that you did them you were just like okay i mean this is like doing my errands Mm -hmm. like the only joy i get out of doing grocery shopping is that i don't have to do it because it's done that's it like that's it's not that i was excited to go grocery shopping that's what fall 76 is that i just have a list of errands to accomplish and i get to them and i'm like yeah i guess i can build another floor in my house i don't know what that does for me but i have the raw materials now thank god so literally nothing that they do in that game could probably bring me back to it it's just it had a really cool concept you find codes around the level launch a nuke and then it spawns high t- her high level enemies like giant demon looking things you're like that's very cool and then i can get loot but there's way better games if you just want to get loot well, if you're still interested in the game, August 20th is when some of these new ranks will be coming out. Maybe you might want to turn it on just for that. And it's, then... If it's free, maybe I'll turn it on because I've already paid for Fallout 76, so the expansion's free. We'll see what, what it looks like. But I want to give Bethesda any more of my money at this point in time. All right. Uh, I've been getting a lot more into anime recently, and one that I started, but I just... Looking at it, I don't think I can ever truly stomach it to go through all them all. Is fairy tale? Oh, <laughs> there uh, the group that's behind it uh, has just wrapped the production uh, this past weekend, and the final episode coming uh, next year will conclude on episode three hundred twenty-eight. Yeah, holy shit! So I uh, did make an attempt at fairy tale uh definitely uh, i've done this twice before with naruto and bleach where i decided okay i will make the attempt to catch up on the show that's three 200 episodes in i mean these are all 30 minute episodes basically um fairy tale is very fun uh if you watch the first couple seasons you'll know exactly why my complaint like why i have this complaint um they introduce a lot of characters there are hundreds of characters on this show that constantly make an appearance and no one ever dies like in the entirety of the series there's maybe a handful of people who are ever actually killed everyone just either gets imprisoned 
or most often, 90% of the time, they become a friend. They were a villain. It's like the opposite of Game of Thrones. Yeah, they were a villain, and now they're a friend, and now they fight with us for the rest of the series. And it's like they're collecting lost puppies that are villains, and they're just bringing them all into their own fairy tale guild, and then we have all of the lost puppies by the end of the show fighting one major bad guy, and he'll probably... It's just, for me, it is disappointing that none of the bad guys ever deal with consequences for their actions. Because they're like, ah, oh, yeah, you were like trying to kill all these people, but you got a heart of gold, really. It was for a good reason. So why don't you just help us out? And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. So, but, great animation. Uh, the Each anime really has a song for like the, especially these uh, shonen styles of fighting, you know, Naruto and stuff like that. They have that one song when the battle picks up. Fairy Tales song is actually very exciting and it gets you pumped up and then the story just lets you down so many times. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yes. Are you ready for this? Yes. Well, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's over. Everyone's friends. Move Everyone's on. Friends. So something I found out, uh, the original Alien is coming back to theaters mm. um, October 13th uh, through, I believe, the 16th um, at certain theaters. going to be limited run. However, what I didn't realize, it's the 40th anniversary, which is why they're doing this. I'm like, holy shit, 40th, 40th. anniversary. <laughs> I'm like, Sigourney Weaver still looks freaking good. Yeah. But when you add that to the age that she was then, like, getting up there in age. Yeah, she was in her 20s <laughs> and 30s in those movies. So <laughs> add 40, and that number gets a lot larger. <laughs> uh, Spoiler. That's the number. <laughs> I can't totally tell you. Agree with number. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> Tune in in August when school starts again and you return to math class and can learn to add. Um, officially, all three Marvel movies that came out this year have now passed a billion dollars at the global box office, uh, the latest being Spider-Man Far From Home. That's a powerhouse uh, in and of itself. Mm -hmm. uh, not take away from Endgame's numbers that they have going on, but uh, yeah. That's, uh, I wish I could have invested in Marvel a couple years ago, because <laughs> those dividends would definitely be uh, paying off if I only had the number or the money for for that. Um, one other f weird news thing that I came across was their Area 51 and the raid on it. <laughs> God, so many good memes. Uh, the official Ghostbusters uh, Twitter account posted something of like, you guys don't really, you know, want to be going there without professionals. You don't know what, uh, you know, extraterrestrial beings or or things could be there. So it's kind of like, you know, take advice from Ghostbusters. Um, don't run into a mil armed military base. Well, no, they're more or less just about the fact of what spiritual, you know, ectoplasmic type thing could be within it might not just be aliens we can have ghosts too yeah yeah uh bud light is offering free beer to any alien that makes it out of area 51 <laughs> um people want Katy perry to uh sing her song et during the the raid um, i think this is what it's going to turn into i mean this is my favorite theory about what will actually happen so it's what september so two months oh a month out almost um there's the uh, I like the idea that all these people are going to show up. They're obviously going to have armed guards, and no one's going to be willing to jump a barbed wire fence and run onto a military base that where they have every legal right to shoot you on uh, entry. Uh, I think they're just going to gather around. A bunch of food trucks are going to go up to take advantage of it, and then next year it'll be a music festival. And everyone will just show up in the desert near Area 51, and it'll be an alien-themed music festival... It's the next Burning Man. All you know what I keep memes. picturing, though? Because we all think, you know, we're going to free the aliens and <clears throat> they're somehow going to be nice or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking maybe they're locked in key because they're bad. And we're going to end up raiding the place? Releasing him? Yeah. Him or her? I mean, like, you know, we can't, can't assume it's It's Kendrick. whatever. Slim. Right. <laughs> Slim. <laughs> I keep picturing on Independence Day. It's going to phone When... <laughs> When that one chick's up on, like, they're all on top of the rooftops, like, you know, come aliens, yay! And then all of a sudden they just get blasted yeah. and there goes the city. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm imagining. Listen, I'm just going to say I'm going to be very upset at the Naruto runners if that's what ends up happening. 
and they will have a very strongly worded tweet from me if it does. What's gonna happen? Like the the ET is gonna get released, right? He's gonna take all this like anger toward the guards that like would either you know put weird stuff in his food or like yep. make fun of him through the jail cell, you know. And he's gonna phone home, and then he's gonna get get his buddy, his big bigger brothers. They're gonna come over here. They're gonna enslave the human race, all because these guards are dicks. <laughs> and we just had to release them. Yeah, we just had to. Et phone home. Uh, I've got some other news uh, that happened this week on Tuesday, I believe it was. Uh, according to the Wikipedia, it was Sonic the Hedgehog's 28th birthday. So he is officially 28. The first release was June 23rd, 1991, uh, which makes me feel old. Doesn't look a day over seven pixels. Unless <laughs> <laughs> um, you look at the, the movie remake, and then he... He, oh, looks, he actually has too many pixels <laughs> in the teeth area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we just blur that out so I don't see human mouth, that would be great. Um, I saw a um, I saw a remade trailer. Uh, someone redid it using I can't say things right now. <laughs> someone redid the trailer using graphics that would actually be more appropriate, and it looked it looked brilliant. It looked perfect. And they, they don't even have to change a whole lot. No, I mean not they really. basically I mean, just fixed things. Fix what's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't need to look like a, a fat kid in a a little tiny chubby kid in a Sonic suit. Right, but that's what they're doing. They're trying to yeah. sell Halloween costumes coming up. Yep. That, that's all, I, right? <laughs> I, man, I would even take little chubby body as long as those damn human teeth weren't there, man. That's the, that's the, when he smiles, I'm just like, mm. you know, it's just mm. like cats. That's the other thing. Oh, no. Um, the cats trailer, one, it's not finished. It's like 80-something percent complete technology-wise, like as far as the editing. It actually looks incredible. The cat fur, everything. They're not really wearing traditional mocap suits. They're just wearing like jackets. Um, and so they take the jacket and they modify it. So it's very, really good VFX. It's just that it looks like they cut the mouth and the two eyes yeah. with paint, some digital version of paint, and just pasted them onto cat people bodies. And that's what creeps you out is that Jason Derulo comes in and does this really creepy smile, and he's got human lips just plastered onto this cat face body, and it's kind of terrifying. Mm -hmm. Also, why are some wearing clothes and some not? Do they have a clothes thing going on? You know, is are they actually naked? Are we seeing a bunch of naked well, cats? Yeah, maybe or? they have, like, clothing colonies, like we have nudist colonies. Well, you speak oh. about naked cats, what happens if, like, one of those uh, hairless sphinx cats yeah, exactly. shows up? Like... Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, Would you just see no. full? They didn't everything? plan this. They didn't plan this, and they didn't. The they didn't update the uh, VFX team to make sure that all cats have fur. Yeah. He's like, well, I have one of these cats, so let's just yeah. use let's <laughs> just use this type. Um, we've already talked many times about Avengers breaking, you know, records. There's also a person, Augustine Alanis, who he spent uh, over. $2,000 to see Endgame to set a record number of times. As of this recording, he's going to see it his 201st time. I don't know anyone that's got time for that, for damn sure. How many days has it been since it came out? It's been, what, two months? Over two and a half months-ish? No, three months, because it came out the end of April. I'm just saying, there's not even 200 days there. Well, I've got to see it multiple times. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> I love the movie, but damn. I was literally, I don't, there's like, I don't want to see family that many times. Like, 200 times within two months. I don't, I don't want to see any single person. I don't want to see any movie. That is just. Hell, we only record, what, 52 plus a couple extra editions yeah. here. I don't even see you guys that many times. Never, ever outside of the studio, that's for sure. Definitely. We're not friends in real life. I actually don't even go outside except for coming here. We can leave this place? This. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing with uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, the Russo brothers uh, still talking about you know the great success, but they've kind of started joking, but not really of the most expensive shot in movie, movie history, which is the funeral scene. It's, Cut. it's probably like from Game of Thrones where they found that Starbucks thing. It's the most expensive <laughs> shot. <laughs> Well, and cost, yes, it cost oh. the company a bunch of money. <laughs> right, that's what I mean. <laughs> Charles, we're not allowed to talk about that shit. No, you're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> Anthony, you want to talk about 
We're going to hijack this whole show. The rest You're doing so good. I'm not going to give you grief. No, but ultimately, though, because it was the day set, like, that's not to say, like, the the movie magic and the um, CGI and everything of that final scene probably was very expensive. But when you look at it, it was a single day for this one shot. And all that shot was was panning to people not talking. A so lot you're paying of these actors yeah. to not even say a line, just very stand there. Very expensive actors. Tens of millions of dollars for these people is what they're making. And so, yeah, you're. it's literally like seconds. You can just count the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars you're paying these people to stand there and look solemn. Yep. Um, last news that I have, which is uh, kind of great. Uh, they are naming a street in New York City after Stanley. They're going to call it Stanley Way. It is um, between University Avenue, and, um, between Brant Place and West uh, 176. Um, it still needs to be approved by the mayor, but the city council has agreed upon it. Um, this is formally where um, Stan, the street where Stanley used to live as well, so it's a little bit more reason why. Um, so I think that's definitely going to get past the mayor, and we'll have mm-hmm. Stanley Way. And oh, it's coming up a couple months, one year uh, anniversary. We'll have to do some tributes then. We should. We should uh, get sound bites from when he came on the show. <laughs> wink, wink. I'll edit some stuff. <laughs> Take some other interviews that he's done and have yep. us. Stanley, what do you think about this? And it's literally just a soundbite of him. Hey, somebody true answered believer. <laughs> Actually, so it's a story that I think I haven't talked uh, on this uh, episode a lot. Uh, oops. It's been a while since I haven't turned off my phone. Um, my dad got to actually ask him a question. Oh, nice. He was on... Um, Is this at a panel or... Damn it. Stupid phone. You're ruining my story. Um, it was uh, the Diane Rain show. Oh, okay. And my dad's a frequent caller on there that yeah. they just kind of put him on through. He was on the phone on hold, and then he called me at work and goes, Hey, uh, what's a good question to ask Stan Lee? I go, what? He goes, yeah, I'm going to ask him a question. And so the question I had told my dad to ask was along the lines of what he thought of people taking his creations and what they've done with them, whether they've changed them. Is he upset seeing that or, you know, or is he happy with it? And ultimately his answer was, you know, he loves seeing the creativity of the groundwork that he laid Mm -hmm. and what people are doing with them now. They're living beings and they can't always be what he exactly envisioned them to be. They're the new creator's creations. Like a true parent. Yes. So I could find that and there we got my... My dad uh, asking him a true question. You dig through the Diane Ream show. Yeah. Backlog. That would be hard because when I search for my dad, there's going to be like 50 million different yeah. episodes that he's been yeah. on. Oh. Um, all right. Booze in the Book this week is Swordmaster number one from Marvel. This is a new ongoing series um, coming out of War of the Realms. Again, like I was saying, so many artifacts and everything that came from there. Um, it's about a, a young... Uh, hero named Lin Lai who has a giant magic sword and I lo- I thought the art style of this was pretty great it felt a little more anime I did have to find out is this going to be in the Marvel proper if it's its own thing mm-hmm. um, but it is and I'm pairing this with a swordsman from Beowulf Brewing Company and that's all I got for this week guys I can't believe we went through a whole episode and Lynn's just sat here <laughs> holding her tongue. She's got uh, uh, voice issues today. and uh, she's, she's pantomiming that she's agreeing with you right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can and see her right like now. She's motioning toward her throat and there's a, yep. she's got some, yep. some problems. What was that? What was that, Lynn? Oh, I am your, fa- I'm your, your favorite of the show? <laughs> you see worse. All I know is that she hasn't disagreed with a single thing that we have said today. So obviously, she's on board with everything that's been said and everything that we believe. Especially oh, how much like a lot right now. Especially how much the show that can't be named sucked in its last season. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We haven't heard. I don't know what she's what he's talking about, but hmm. me neither. <laughs> All right, well, we shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> with that, uh, stay thirsty for me. Cryptically not mention it when <laughs> Lindsay's back next week. <laughs>